Warning! The following podcast contains language. Filthy language. It'll make you think, do these people kiss their mothers with their mouths? They should have their mouths washed out with soap with this language. Listeners of a sensitive dis... <laughs> Listeners of a sensitive dis... dis-, dis-, dis- oh, the distillers, oh, about it all. Oh, I wonder where she is now. Good front woman. Listeners of a sensitive di- di- dis- di- dismissive... A, a sensitive di- di- dis- di- distension. A, a, a sensitive di- di- dis- disdainful. A sensitive di- di- dis. This is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end. My only friendly end. Listeners are caught angrily. Shatuna! It's the end of term anyway, isn't it? Studio Marsha McDonald. Yeah, what up, peeps? And Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, everyone. As the lovely Irene sang earlier, this is the end. The end of term, that is. Yeah, apparently. Uh, uh, I didn't really n- know until I was told that this is the end of term. And when were you told about this? How soon before the most recent writing? Group, right club, if you will. Were you informed about the end of term factor? Uh, uh, I, I got an email the week before saying end of term and that we were going to have an end of term party. So this was a combination right club stroke end of term party. Party hardy dude. Now, from my days at university, end of term parties were quite hearty. Ooh, debauchery featured heavily. I presume that this was the case for your own end of term. Dookie, I mean, you know these people well enough by now. I mean, your listeners who are listening to me bang on about this shit. You guys know these people well enough. I mean, do you think they were debaucherous? You must never make assumptions. What do you think? They certainly know how to enjoy food, and particularly... Yeah, that that I give you that. That, that, that is true. So, if not a drug-induced coma, a sugar-induced one may have been on the cards for some of the participants. Dookie, do you want a little? Uh, you want a little flash? You know, like at the end of like soap operas and stuff, where they give you like a little flash of what's going to happen the a next flash time. Mm. Do you do you want another? You want one of them? I'd love one. Uh, Van Gogh documentary. Yes. Yeah. 
That's that was part of the party. Now, does that tell you anything about the debauchery? Are we talking about a recent documentary on Van Gogh? No, no. I mean, I had to ask Syl about it because she knows about art, right? And I, I had to ask her and she managed to figure out who it was because to me it was just some saggy old guy talking right as in the presenter the man behind this doc so who 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 was it Sylv? it sounds like it was simon sharma oh right now he Mm. i don't know do you you know him do absolutely a very entertaining sometimes historian most of the time and highly opinionated person. So yes, he does art. He does art history. You're right, mm. and he does art critiques. And he's English, but I believe that he lives in New York now. And he is possibly one of the most humorless people in the media. I mean, distinctly lacking in humor. Mm. I mean, there is no humor with this man. He is one of the most intense people. And and I'm not saying that to put him down, because I have enjoyed many of his documentaries. Likewise. The, and the one on Van Gogh, or Van Gogh, as, as people say, or, or Van Gogh, as, as British people say, is particularly good. It's just when, when our dear Mercer here said this was part of the party... Dookie, I personally was a little confused. So, did you have an agenda as such? For instance, seven to eight o'clock, eat artisan chocolates. Mm. Eight to nine p.m., review story A. Nine to ten p.m., review next story. Ten o'clock onwards, enjoy Van Gogh. No. But I like the artisan chocolates, because how did you know? Okay, Dookie, how did you know? That's what I'm asking. Because, as Simon Sharma himself might say, history repeats itself. And you have enjoyed the glories of artisan chocolates, complete with detailed descriptions on who made it, what it contains. And I thought, if this is an end-of-term-related affair... Yeah. They're going to bring out the big guns in the confectionery world. Yeah, they had some Montezuma. Right. I don't know if you know Montezuma. I do. Yeah, I do. okay. So aren't they kind of like fancy? Absolutely, Yeah, because yes. they look pretty fancy. Uh, you know, Dookie, can I just ask? There is a Harold Pinter play called Betrayal that starts at the end and goes backwards. Yes. And I only know about that play personally because of Seinfeld. So Seinfeld inspired you? Because my references tend to be quite lowbrow. So when I first saw that, have you seen that Seinfeld? I certainly have. So it's, it, and it starts at the end and goes backwards. Yes. And then I I found out that it, they actually were inspired by the Harold Pinter play called Betrayal about his, uh, his marital uh, indiscretions, mm. the playwright. And so then I went to see the play, which was also very good. And it starts at the end, as I've said. And I'm wondering whether this right said Fred is starting at the end and moving backwards. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is. That is true. Now. Are, are we doing that, Dookie? Or you, you want to just, like, go all over the place? Or you want to start from the beginning? We could do a bit of a Tarantino yeah. a la yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And start three quarters of the way through. Oh, interesting. I- interesting. You sound like a duck. You know when you go on like this what you sound like? You sound like a sensible fucking man. That's you what I sound like. sound like a like. duck. Quack, 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 quack. 
Yeah, because Pulp Fiction kind of yeah, they are when it starts, they're in the in the diner mm. and, and Tim Roth and Canadian actress Amanda Plummer. Yeah, and that seems to be what like. If you were going to do a timeline, you would do like that would be three quarters of the way through, actually, uh, in, a, in a linear timeline. Would yeah, it? pretty much. Yeah. From a timeline point of view, the very end of the film is when you see Butch and his French girlfriend heading off yeah. on the motorbike. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And surely the film's been, been it's 23 years old. Yeah, but you might have have people who are quite young. Yeah, you fucking asshole, I was going to watch that today. <laughs> Yo, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Well, I didn't even know fucking these people was in it. Okay. Oh, and by the way, people, I'm in Psycho. Uh, Anthony Perkins is his own mother. Oh, and uh, what's the other one? Sixth Sense. Oh, Sixth Sense. Uh, he's uh, he's really a ghost. He's actually dead. Mm. And what's the other one? I was thinking Usual Suspects. Oh, yes. Which I have seen that I just can't get. I must be really stupid because I just didn't get it. I've seen it twice and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. What is the Usual Suspects about? A bunch of, like, con men? Yes, and there's one person who is the kingpin with all of this named Kaiser Soza. Kaiser American actor who was based in London and who enjoyed many a trip to a nighttime park is in that film. Yes. And he is Kaiser Soze. He's the person. Oh, he's behind. Kaiser Soze. Is yes. that the spoiler? Yes. Are there any other big major, like, spoilers? So you get Psycho and you get Six Ants and you get, oh, uh, The Crying Game, which shows my age there. But The Crying Game, she's a man. Yes. Or she has a penis, I should say. Correct. Yes. So there is. are there any other big spoilers? Oh, goodness. There must be. Because those, those are the, you know, we're hitting the majors. There are others. There, there, there are others. But, <laughs> I, I you know, could... when you think about the big giveaways, like if you're going to go see. But, you know, there's always new generations coming up who haven't actually, you know, you have to see it for the first time. So there'll be new generations of people who go see Pulp Fiction and they won't necessarily know, you know. Because, you know, what, it might be 19. Oh, fuck, yeah. I was going to watch that film. Or uh, it could be this I, guy. I, I, I earmarked the fact that I was going to listen to Right Said Fred fucking part six. <laughs> and now you tell me, tell me, well, fuck you. Yeah, sorry, Mr. Mr. Uh, really New York guy here is listening in. Who, who uh, we've just spoiled he the He had end. his day planned. He was going to listen yeah, to this episode, yeah, followed by streaming Pulp Fiction. So, Dookie, are you saying you want to start? And and can I just say I'm still a little phlegmy, so I'm going to cough now, okay? Can I cough? <coughs> Van this, cough. This phlegm, yeah, hey, Van cough, hey, you're clever. I have my moments. I'm here all week. This phlegm is the never going to go. No Way Out with Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is indeed the Russian spy. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know that at all. Really? Mm. Okay, so he's the Russian spy. He's in it. Sean Young. Whatever happened to her? Difficult character to work with, apparently. But yes, the idea, he he's in effect trying to track down a Russian spy. Ah. And he is that spy. Oh, he's the Russian spy. Yes. Ah, so there we go. There's another good spoiler. Well, the gerbils in your brain, Dookie, mm. are just swirling away in their filing cabinets looking for... Because that's how your brain works, isn't it? Like, as soon as somebody says, what, what songs start with the word the? And then you, you're brain which is full of gerbils looking in filing cabinets for information 
um, it just goes nutty, nutty bonkers, and you just can't get you off of it. In fact, you're probably thinking about songs that begin with the right now. No, I am thinking of other films with spoilers that we can See, unearth. I know how your brain works. Brian De Palma, director. Yes. The film Dressed to Kill. Yes. Has a, a bit of a, an homage yes. to Psycho, which you mentioned earlier. Angie Dickinson's in the film. She gets killed in the shower in the first 10 minutes or so. Right. And there is a therapist in the film played by Michael Caine. Yeah. I think the film was made in 1980, 81 or so. So we're, we're talking about the, the big specs era of Michael Caine. Of Michael Caine, yeah. And the person who's committing all of these crimes is Michael Caine. Ah, I see. Mm. So there's another one I don't need to see. Indeed. Okay. Dressed to kill, Michael Caine did it. I gotcha. So now that we've managed to piss off all your listeners. Oh, fuck, I was going to watch it. Yeah, I, like I like this guy. Uh, I like yeah. him. I think his name's probably Tony. I mean, it's got to be Tony, right? Yeah, they call me Anthony. I'm fucking yeah, okay, I'm yeah. classy. Okay, ah. so. We got this angry, upset guy listening from Jersey. With piles. Yeah, he's obviously got hemorrhoids. Uh, so do you want to start three <laughs> yes. quarters? Sorry, I'm trying to think of, of songs that begin All with right, uh, the word All right, should we the. just like, let you go away and do that? No, that's and fine. Sylvan and I carry yeah, let's on. Let's do it. Let's do it. I follow whatever you want to know. What do you want to know? What, what do you want to know? End of term party. Yeah. Why the fuck is Van Gogh? Van Gogh uh, appearing at uh, an end of term party. Any of the books, any of the stories that you've been reviewing, yeah. do they reference of which the one I was one, I should yes. say. Yeah, I was oh, in the hot you, seat. Were you under the spotlight? I was under the spotlight, Dickie. More about that later. Yeah, uh, so you want to know about the Van Gogh thing. Um, were there any sunflower loving no. one eared lovers? No. So I'd been in the kitchen, which we can come to. If you want, okay? I'd been in his kitchen. I had gone from his living room, Fred's living room, into the kitchen Mm. to have a cigarette, okay? More about that later. Right. And I had just left people not talking to each other, which is part of the reason I left, okay? More about that later. So people were just sitting around the tables being, uh, I'm going to cough. (coughs) <coughs> You're going to Van Gogh. Being awkward. And not saying anything to each other. And I walk into the kitchen. I, I emerge 25 minutes later to find the people. Two of them were gone. Uh, one of them was lying on a beanbag in the middle of the floor. And looking up on Fred's massively high ceilings was projected this this Simon Chama guy uh, and Van Gogh, right? Mm. And it turns out Fred has a... Pro- he doesn't have a normal TV, right? He's got a projector. Right. And it, it, it projects. So, and he decided to put on this Van Gogh documentary, but with the sound down. Oh, and I asked him like, "What? What is that about?" And he went, "Oh, it's to lend some ambiance." Certainly going to lend some pretentiousness. Yeah, I mean, so so Babs was lying on the beanbags in the middle of the tables, you know, in in this, you know, what am I trying to say, Dookie? You know, the tables are in a U shape. Mm. She's lying in the in the U part, right? And 
she's looking up at the ceiling where this silent documentary is on and Fred's like gazing up at it and so is bitch face mm. okay mm. and I'm like right so I'm gonna go okay so and I'm gonna I'm gonna go so basically um, all I'm of the participants all of all of the participants are staring up at the ceiling. Yeah. And not in a sexy way. Yeah. With Simon Sharma above them. Yeah. Gazing. Yeah. At a silent at their respective art documentary. Mm. And why? Pretentiousness. Well, I mean, if anything ever killed a mood. It it's was Simon gonna be Sharma. well, yeah. By the sounds of it, from what you guys say, but but you know, putting on a silent art decu- documentary, it's not gonna elevate the mood, is it? No, no. I mean, you're not looking at a rave here. No. Starry, starry night. And then, and then, bitch face kind of said, when I said I'm going, she went, "Oh, this party's breaking up really early," and I was like, "Well." Did the party really start? I mean, yeah. Did the party ever start? Did it ever start? Get this party started on a Saturday night. Everybody's waiting for me to arrive. No, it never started, right? Never started. So I'm going to go. Amongst other reasons why I wanted to go. Mm. Okay, I had to van fucking go. So we begin the story with you leaving. Yeah. And you're not very happy. Dickie, that is one night of my life I am never going to get back. I, I'm not, I'm not going to... You ever have nights like that or times like that where you just go, can I have a do-over? Because I am never going to get that time back. Mm. I want to be Superman, you know, reverse the rotation of the Earth so that I can have that again. If, if Superman could do that... Yeah. Wouldn't he do that every time? I realise that when, when Lois Lane dies... Yeah. In one of the cinematic yeah. adaptations. Is that another spoiler, Chucky? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, everyone, Lois Lane dies. Or does she? <laughs> or does she? So he, he flies around the, the globe. of the earth, yeah. And, you know, at great risk to himself. Right, yeah. And he's able to travel through time. Yeah. Or to alter time, to alter the outcome. Yeah. Surely Superman would have employed this technique earlier in his career if he had the means to be able to alter time and alter outcomes in his arsenal. Yeah, like... Oh, I don't know. Let's just say, you know, a a kid, you know, was going to be hit by a train at big New York or big Gotham City or whatever fucking station is nearby. Yeah, is he, is he Gotham Batman, City? but anyway. Or is that, is that yeah. Batman? Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, no, leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Yeah, so, but, okay. But, but Superman's ended up in Batman world and a kid's going to get hit by a train. T- times are tough. <laughs> the, the super people are not getting the work. Let just interject. <laughs> You know when they have these types of conversations on the Big Bang Theory? Mm. Everyone knows their shit. Okay? So, and I'm getting the feeling that the two of you (laughs) don't really know anything much about Superman, and you're trying to, like, wing it. Am I correct? I mean, I know nothing, so you, but I'm just getting that sense. I'm kind of winging it here, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to front it out. 
And Dookie's trying to front it out, right? Absolutely. Okay, so we're in Gotham City. Yes. Right? And Where Superman is, is some, visiting. Some kid named Charlie is about ready to hit, get hit by yes. a train. And, or let's say he's even being hit by the train. Yeah. You know, splat. Everyone's screaming, horror, blood everywhere. I tell you, it's a real shame about that little kid, Charlie. He had potential. He could have been a contender. And then Superman turns up, fucking late. Yeah. Surely, that kid, that kid's life is just as important as Margot Kidder. Canadian yeah, actress who herself has not had a great career. Post-Superman, I'll have you know. That is true. I'm just thinking, like, if you keep reversing the Earth, you'll never go forward. Mm. So you're always going to get stuck in time, right? You're always going to be stuck in the same... Or is it more like, you know, one step forward, two steps back? Or one, two steps forward, one step back? Mm. Two steps forward, two steps back. Right? Time travels are as, is as complicated as the vagina, really. I'm not Let's smart enough it. for this. I'm not smart enough for that kind of... But, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't he, you know, do that for every sad thing? Unless the kid was going to grow up to be like a serial killer or something. Mm. Yeah. So then, you know, it's probably better off that he's dead because in the future, you know, then he's saving lives that way. He's, so maybe he knows that. So, you know, train Bush goes over this little kid. Yeah. Flattens the little wanker. But it turns like out the pancake. kid was going to be Jeffrey Dahmer, mm. right? The mm. kid's not called Charlie. He's called Jeffrey. He's Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, to be fair, one thing about Jeffrey Dahmer is... You're going to quote Moxie Moxington now, aren't you? Yes. Because that was the best quote that I've heard all year so far. Listen, I know that he ate people. Yeah. But he tried. Yeah, yeah. She was talking about intention, mm. you know, and she was talking about certain, you know, major people on the political stage. Mm. And she was talking about, you know, evil intention. And and I mentioned something about Jeffrey Dahmer, the, the serial cannibalistic serial killer. Mm. And, you know, she said, well, it's about intention. She said that he did try to stop eating the people. But the desire was simply too yeah. strong. He, 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 he tried to stop eating the people, but, you know, it didn't work. So, you know, in a way, she's saying that Jeffrey Dahmer, the cannibalistic serial killer, is morally better person than certain people who are on the major political stage. That's what her point Correct. is. Correct. I, I like that. So where are we with this whole thingy-majiggy doodad uh, riding fucking shit club? Marsha has left Fred's oh, I've flat. I've left. Okay, I gotcha. You're unhappy. It, it wasn't good. Oh, yeah, I was like, you know, I want that night back. Hmm. I would have rather been sitting at home in my fucking disgusting sweatpants, uh, watching TV with self, with yourself, maybe both of you, you know, getting nacho cheese on on my T-shirt all evening. Then, you know, that would have been a much better evening. Mm. So I want that back. You know, I want to have that time back. And it was weird. It was weird and it was shit. Are we shit, Dookie? What do you want to know? What do you want to know? Hit me, Dookie. Number one, who attended? Right. Uh, the usual suspects. Bit of a callback there. Ah, uh, callback. Yeah, good. Uh, there was me. You were there. There was Freud. Freud, who isn't always there. No, I don't think anybody's always there except Fred. Mm. 
He's the constant. He's the constant, yeah. Mm. Uh, bitch face is usually there. So bitch face was there. Mm. Babs. Mm. Uh, her, who's wedged an apostrophe up my fucking butthole. Indeed, parts of the apostrophe catastrophe. And you and Sylv don't know too much about Jane Plain is my name for her. Jane Plain has not made an appearance on no. Right Said Fred thus now, far. Now, she has been at the group before, and but, you know, hence the name Jane Plain, right? Because she's so plain that I can't really say anything much about her, but I will. But let me just keep telling you who's there, right? So there's... Freud and Babs and Bitchface and Jane Plain. There's a young woman who I'm just going to leave her out of the whole thing because she's really nice and she's a good writer and I don't have a problem with her. Mm. Well, I kind of did that night, but we'll, we'll get to that. So, yeah, I don't know. You want to give her a name? She's really young. She's a journalist. Uh, she's really young. We mentioned the actress Sean Young. Okay, yeah. She's Sean Young. You're good. I like, yeah, like Syl- like you say, he's got gerbils in his brain, and they work hard for you, don't they, Dookie? They work really hard for you. Occasionally. Uh, they so chew away and defecate yeah, yeah. in my frontal lobe. They're busy. Uh, so there's Sean Young. Who else? Oh, Lisa Loeb, uh, the most intense human being on the planet, mm. right? Besides this Simon Sharma, by the sounds of it. He is very intense indeed. So if she's more intense than him, my wordly wordlington, I mean, you do have your work cut out for you. Absolutely. She is a pretty scary human being in her intensity, but I like her. Okay. So her, Fred, and Dookie, here's the guy we're going to talk about here. Okay. If you don't mind. I'm all ears. Buttface. Buttface. Do you remember Buttface? Oh, Episode three of Right Said Fred. Probably. His name. Yeah. That we gave him. Yeah. Trenton. Trenton. Because it sounds a lot like his actual name. Okay? Think Mm. it through, people. That's all I'm saying. He, and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I described him as being a big butt. Mm. And not a nice butt. Yeah? Okay, we're not... This isn't a nice butt. You Kylie know. Minogue is losing no sleep over this person. Uh, does she have a nice butt? Well, in the She's famous... famous for her beautiful bottom. I'm spinning around video. Her pert beautiful There was bottom. a lot of bottom featured. She still has a lovely bottom. Okay, yeah. So, like, it's not Kylie, right? It's not Serena Williams, you know? It's not... We're not talking a gorgeous, curvy blemish-free, beautiful, round butt here. Mm. We're not talking that kind of a butt. We're not talking a good butt. Mm. We're talking like you have a a tradesperson around your house. They're crouching down under your kitchen cabinet. Oh, fuck it, oh. Look at the state of this pipework. Big job, love. And you get tradesperson's butt crack. Mm. And you're thinking, I wish I had a handy wipe for my brain because I really don't want to have to look at that. And possibly for his bottom. Yeah. Uh, oh. My, I forgot to wipe earlier. Yeah, that's the kind of butt we're talking about. We're talking like zits. We're talking hair. We're talking flab all over, you know, not nice curvaceousness, but like flabby, you know, just gross. Toilet right? paper remnants. Yeah, that's the butt. 
meat. Okay, and he's a this guy Trenton. He is a human butt. Mm. Okay, he's just one big butt on legs. If memory serves, you indicated that on his social media profile, mm. he listed. Under education. Oh, Jesus, I forgot about that. The University of Life. Oh, God. As well as being a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. Oh, Dookie, why did you... Why? Remind me of that. I hate him. So this butt, as you call him, is genuinely a supreme tosser. Dookie, you know, last time I I really hated him because I'd never met him before and he, like, kept jumping down my throat. And, you know, I always go away and think, well, you know, okay, I, I don't want to be, like, overly harsh with people. You know, I hadn't met him before. And, you know, I like to give people a second chance, mm. okay? So I was like, okay, the guy's a dick, but I'll try to give him a second chance. And, no, he failed. He failed. So he was standing outside of Fred's apartment building because Fred was late. And he was standing there with uh, Jane Plain. And I, I show up and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe on a on a smaller group setting, he, he might be better. So I, I show up and say hello and, and, and no, and it gets worse. And then, and then Fred shows up on a scooter, okay? He's driving a scooter, but he's got full motorcycle, easy rider kind of outfitting going on okay Mm. which is a little incongruous like you're on a scooter but you're dressed like a hell's angel a scooter driver rider yeah maneuverer yeah should be embracing his or her inner mod yeah i should be the, the anorak look it wasn't a cool a scooter, though. It was like a whim, 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 It was like one of those. Did the horn go toot, toot? You know, I think it did. You know, I think it actually did go toot, toot. And I'm thinking if your horn goes toot, toot, dressed like a hell's angel is probably a no-go for you. Oh, shit. I wanted to find out what that fucking horn sounded like myself. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm loving this guy who's like in a in a constant rage. And we're clearly ruining and we're, things. And we're pissing him. him off. Yeah, but he's still listening. I like that. Uh I don't have anything against scooters. It's just like you look like a kind of a, a, a knobhead, okay? Because mm. yeah, like Syl, you say, like his horn goes toot toot and, and his engine goes wing wing and he's like dressed like, you know, like he's he's gonna cross town to go to a biker bar to get in a knife fight with someone. That's what he's dressed like, and it doesn't sit with his personality anyway. That'd be like you dressing up like a like a a hell's angel dookie. Careful. Well, sorry, but you know, like what I mean, like posh little boy, you know, posh boy, you know, delicate hands kind of thing. Mm. You know, you do have very delicate hands, Dookie. They are quite feminine. They're very feminine. They're mm. very pretty. I do moisturise. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Dookie, yeah, that's good. I'm glad to know that. I've, I've I feel played, like I'm getting to know you even better. I've played a number of biker bars and biker-related events. They're good people. I've had no issue with them. Didn't you have somebody in a biker bar in Vegas give you some rather interesting instructions? <laughs> It's just a dive bar oh, with a, a lot of bikers bar. in it. Okay. A place called the Double Dam. Yes. 
do go looking for it, it still is there, uh, which is off the strip in Las Vegas. And didn't they tell you, didn't they give you some rather specific instructions? If a fight breaks out, just keep playing. What is that? If a fight breaks breaks out, keep playing. Yeah. Wow. And did it? And did two you? Two women. Two women. No, we did not stop playing. When you get instructions like that, So a you fight listen. did break out mm. and you didn't stop playing. So you followed the rules. Absolutely. Okay. In a lot of Hollywood films, you know, when the fight breaks out, you know, the music stops. Yeah, yeah. Even when you're watching EastEnders and things get heated... Let's say some nasty-ass motherfucker went and put loads of Justin Bieber on. There are other artists. Yeah. He or she has, you know, put their money in and the music is playing. As soon as the fight breaks out, boom, the music is silent. That is true, yeah. But you guys kept on. We kept on, And it was two women. Yes. So just, you know, just to be clear. It got a little bit bloody. There were hair extensions with blood on them. Oh, God, and okay. It was really And then far. what happened? Did they get thrown out? There was a chap there who genuinely was nearly seven foot. I really hate the fact that people use hyperbole to describe the height and might of people. Right. This chap genuinely was near the seven foot mark. Right. And uh, he dealt with the situation and, and the music carried on. The one thing that was quite weird was it felt like at one stage that the rhythm of the fight was matching the rhythm of the band. My well, yeah, band. like human beings, like, you know, the, we, we tend to be rhythmic people. So, mm. yeah, that's cool. I like that. Like, the, you know, you, like you're like you tearing each other's eyeballs and extensions out, but mm. you're gonna you're still in rhythm with the music. Tuki, that sounds horrendous to me. Absolutely horrendous. Earlier on that evening. I but- think it sounds like, Sylv, you would say a hoot. <laughs> a oh. hoot and a half. I remember earlier on that day, we were waiting for the venue to open up and we were in uh, an RV, a camper van, if you will. Yeah. And some random person just opened up the door to our touring vehicle and shouted out, Motherfucker! <laughs> slammed the door again, oh, sa- wow. slammed it shut. And wow. that really gives you a, a, wow. an indicator That's about the, the, the clientele who frequented this place. Okay, so Fred isn't... This kind of clientele. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, he's toot tooting and win women. And hey, don't fucking rub it in. And, and, and he's dressed like he's going to go to, what was the name of that bar? The, da- the, da- the double, double Down. The Double Down. He's dressed double like down. he's going to go there and have a knife fight. Anyway, so we get up to his apartment. And he's got these tables set up all the time, okay? I know I've said this before. Akin to Eric's tea party from South Park. Yeah. So we go in and I'm trying to make small talk, Dookie, because that's what I do, Mm. okay? If I'm around people, I'm going to try to talk to them. That's just the way I am, okay? You want to engage them to put them at ease. Yeah, and I'm not saying that I'm a lot different from a lot of other people. I'm just saying... I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, being a normal, what I think is a normal person and just trying to, like, have some chitty chatty. Mm. They're not having it. Okay? They're not having it. And, 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 and. Bastards. The the conversation keeps dying, right? Well, there is no conversation. It just keeps, like, I'm lobbing them, like, tennis balls. Mm. And they keep, like. Not even, like, they don't even raise up their racket. Marshall McDonald serves. Yeah. 
And it's like the other person just stands there with their racket down at their side, looking at me like, why are you hitting balls at me? That's that's the way it is. Like, I'm Serena Williams. I'm, you know, and why do I keep mentioning her? I guess because she's in the news and I like her. Uh, it's like I'm Serena Williams and I'm, I'm lobbing the balls over the net. Yeah, I like that sound. And then they're just standing there looking at me like, why are you hitting these fluffy yellow balls at me? That's that's the conversational analogy. Were they talking amongst themselves? No! no! So it wasn't that you were trying to break up a conversational no! dynamic that they were already engaged in? Monastery-like silence. Like, nun-like. Let me get this straight. Yeah! They preferred embracing silence, silence than to engage in conversation with yeah. you. So your volleys were not returned. Exactly. My volleys weren't returned. So after a while, after a few of these, I started feeling like I started feeling loud because I know I know I'm loud. It wasn't so much 15 love as 15 hate. Yeah. And try a little harder next time, Dookie. But it was you know, tenuous. Yeah, I'll give you that one. And badly delivered. No <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. Dookie, you do it with such a plum. Oh, yeah, I, I like your aplomb. Oh, there's... Um, I'm asking Freud about his... Because the last time I saw him, he was just going to have his first patient, but it didn't work out. So I was asking him about that. I have to be quite patient. That See, that's good. I like that. Uh, so, and he's just like answering the question. So did you see your first patient? Yeah. Uh, how'd it go? Yeah, it's Okay. And then I'm even trying to empathize, like I'm going, oh, it sounds like, you know, that must be really nerve wracking. And he's kind of going, yeah. And then I'm going, you know, oh, and then he said something like, oh, she's she's got a lot of complex problems. And I said, oh, you know, that must be that must be really tough for you. And he's just going, yeah. And then he said he's trying to he's going to meet with her once a month, once a week, sorry, for 18 months. And this, I'm like, this girl needs therapy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What's that from? This boy needs therapy. And that boy needs therapy. Psychosomatic. And that boy needs therapy. Psychosomatic. A dance outfit therapy. from Australia called the Avalanches. So, and I'm like, wow, that's that's a long time for you know to commit to from the outset. And he's going, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop now. And then I'm trying to talk to. Um, Sean Young, uh, because she was going to New York the next day. So I'm trying to talk to her about that. She's going to see her boyfriend. And again, I'm trying with the empathy. I'm like, oh, you got a long distance relationship. Yeah, I had one of those once. And, and, and I know how hard it can be. And she's just looking at me like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, okay, so I'll shut up with you then. So then I turned to Jane Plain and I'm asking her about rock climbing. And, and to be fair, she did tell me a little bit. But then that kind of died. And she did ask me, you know, how's your week been? And I was like, oh, you know, it's all, it's all right. And, you know, so maybe I wasn't as forthcoming as I could have been. But then, you know, even when I was, they're not returning my volleys. So, hmm. Babs comes in. Right? Oh, and Fred, okay, he takes off his helmet. He's got really bad helmet hair, just to give you a visual. Poor lad. Yeah, visual. And he said, I know we were going to have a party, but I didn't have time to get anything. So he bought some chocolate Easter chicken things, okay? 
chocolate Easter chicken things. So that was the food. Chocolate Easter, chocolate Chocolate chickens. Right. You know, like like a chocolate bunny, but you get chocolate chicks, right, Right. for Easter, right? Okay, yeah. It's chocolate. Yes. Okay, you get it? Until Babs gets there. That's quite the party ingredient. Don't you guys have a bet? You got a syndicate? We certainly have a syndicate. Yeah. And we... And you've got an extra person now, right? We do indeed, okay. yes. And a, a wonderful man who lives... I've heard. Who I've lives heard. abroad. Sylve Sylv speaks about him very, very highly indeed. Now, for reasons of love, respect, anonymity and security... Can't reveal his name. That's not yes. fair. Can I just say that he and I are a supplement buddies? Yes. Because I love, you know, I've never met him either. He's only online. So I can say things like NAD to him and he knows what I mean. If you were to mention NAD to me, uh, I would assume yeah, it has something to do with... Nads. Um, yeah. Go Nads. Sounds like it, it could be no, an audiophile it's, concern. It's a supplement and he knows what I mean by right. that. I could say NAC and he knows what I mean. Mm. When we talk about decongestants and the things that I give to Martha mm. for her phlegm problems, mm. he will know what I'm talking about. And he might even have some in his cupboard. Now, in addition to his knowledge of supplements, he also has a very good idea about the food that features at the Wright Club meetings. We're all getting very intricate about our predictions about mm. what food is going to be served. And a, a syndicate has formed. Yes. Sylvia, myself, and the unknown man. Yeah. And we came up with different ideas in terms yeah. of what will be served. So who, wa- who? what do you win? Do you win something? We win the warm glow of satisfaction. And that warm glow. And that's worth more than anything. Here, here. Yes. And that warm glow of satisfaction that Mick Jagger and Keith would approve of yeah. goes to the unknown man because he was oh, absolutely right. bang on. Was he right? Okay. Yes. What did you guess? Kipling. Did he get chocolate? Oh, he guessed Mr. Kipling. Indeed. Okay, because he's British, so he knows what that is. He doesn't yes. live here, but he knows what that is, right? He does. And and does he know the strap line? Oh, he knows that they're exceedingly good. Okay, so the, he hasn't lived here for a while, so that, that commercial must be kind of old. Kipling has been around for donkey's years. Oh, really? I mean, east is east, west is west, and never the twain shall meet. Okay, because I'm not saying anything about his age. I'm just saying he hasn't lived here for for a while, so Indeed. that advert isn't is more than five years old. I've got a feeling that the Kipling <coughs> strapline goes back possibly half a century. <gasps> really? Has mm. it been around that long? Mm. Oh my word! Because yes, I first heard that when I first moved here. Mm. Because you couldn't say Kipling, like even if you were mentioning Rudyard Kipling, mm. uh, the the writer of the Jungle Book, where people would go, "Oh, exceedingly good." Mm. And and after that happened a few times, I was like. What I, this must be a thing it's that I'm missing. But good now cakes. I know that it means these these particular packaged cakes mm. that are kind of like Hostess products. Would you say, Dookie? That's offensive to them. But yes, they would be. How dare you? In a similar How vein. How dare you? How very dare you? I the woman you see before you that I believe that you hold in some esteem. Mm. 
Susie Q's. Let's not go there. Raised are... on Susie Q's. We... Ah, Mr. Snowball. I, was I on... knew Mr. Snowball. Oh, I oh, don't get it. Oh, my God. We were on tour in Detroit where our label was, and they gave us a little care package of... Hostess products. Yes. Lucky you. That is the writer that I would want if loads, I was a musician. Loads. What did you have? <laughs> but we had... See, we're getting this foodie now, which I know Martha hates. <laughs> I know you hate this, Martha, because you just think there's more than enough chitty chatty about food in the world, but we're going there. I make an exception for a hostess. Oh, the, the, we had snowballs. I thought you Susie hated coconut. Because snowballs are coconut. Uh, it, this is what we were given. Okay. I was saying. Okay. Um, the one which I enjoyed the name of, but not so much the flavor, Ding Dongs. <gasps> Oh, dookie for a ding-dong. Oh, dookie for a ding-dong. And Twinkies. Yeah, I, I don't mind a Twinkie. And this could not have been more Ape. generous. A fruit pies. I like a cherry fruit pie. I believe those were consumed. Oh, you got to have fruit pie. We got quite optimistic because they had the word fruit in them. We, we thought we might be able to get some sustenance. Hey, dookie, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> I actually think they're pretty generous with the fruit filling. Back to the food yeah, from Right Club. Yeah, I, you know, I really hate talking about food. But yeah, you know, Hostess, it's a different... It's not. It's hardly food. It's more of a way of life. <laughs> it's, it's a, a that cultural That is very true. Cultural that is enrichment. so true. It is a way of life. There was a lot of talk about... Because uh, Lisa Loeb, she's American. And... I mention in, in one of my chapters... Lisa Loeb from Right Club rather than the American yeah, yeah. singer-songwriter. Ms. Ms. Very Intense. Uh, we had a good walk down memory lane because in my chapter I mentioned Jello salad. Now, nobody in the room knew what Jello salad was That's except jelly, her. what we call jelly. You guys call it jelly. Mm. And but it's a jelly salad. Yeah, see, everybody was Is going... Is this where you mix it with iceberg lettuce or something? All the other people were going, wait a minute, you put vegetables in it? No, you put fruit in it, and then you call it a jello salad. So she and I were... It was nice to see her not be so intense for once. So she and I were walking down the road of having explained to everybody else what jello salad was, and it was kind of a bonding moment for her and I... And it was kind of nice. And so that's the kind of f food talk that I didn't mind was food talk that kind of, you know, brings people out of their intensity and their up your assness. Mm. But if it's just, you know, food and, you know, oh, I shouldn't have this because it's really bad for me and shit. Like, I don't care. I'm not here to talk about it. Have it. Don't have it. I can give a shit. Kipling Cakes featured quite emotionally. In the Fast Show, Christmas episode. This really lovely scene. They need to get it on really hard oh, out goodness. in the sheep fields. Do you, um, do you like Kipling, Ted? I quite like the fruit slice, though. <laughs> Big, exceedingly good kiss. <laughs> he, he does indeed, Ted. Exceedingly good. <laughs> They're very wonderful. Okay, so Mr. Kipling's. Mm, exceedingly good. <sighs> Dookie, she's rattling that cellophane throughout the whole goddamn night. She's rattling it. I'm like, could you stop? Just stop. Please, God, stop with the rattling of the cellophane. So what else do you want to know? 
I think it's important to know that in addition to yourself, yeah, who had their stories? Babs. Criti- oh. And Jane Plain. Now, Jane Plain. What do you want to know about Jane Plain? Uh, what do you want to know? A writing powerhouse. Jesus, Dookie. A feature. Ah, uh, Dookie. Novelist of note. Ah, uh, fucking hell, Dookie. You know, it's always interesting to me. The people who are the most defensive are the people who have the most to be defensive about. And she is, she's pretty prickly, okay, about Mm. any criticism, which is hard because this isn't a group where they're going to tell you anything nice. So, she's excribble, okay? You get what I'm saying there? I wish you would be more direct in terms of how you feel about her writing. <laughs> Have I not stated that right now? So she's submitted a couple of times before, and she comes in for some pretty harsh criticism. Not that it isn't warranted. Her writing is execrable. Mm. Okay? She used the word perhaps so many times that I started counting up, and her piece was 19 pages, double-spaced, she had 38 instances of the word perhaps. It's a bit like that song, isn't it? Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. perhaps. And then she has like like lots of cable laying. Like say you have like a mother and daughter talking to each other like, well, yes, darling, you remember the time that you went and you brought that coffee back for me? Why, yes, mother, I do remember the time. That was the time that I brought you the Colombian coffee back. Ah, oh, yes, you did, darling. You always did love coffee. Coffee and cashmere, soft things you loved. And that's a, that, that is a genuine line. The soft things that you loved. I was like, oh, my God. Is that copyright Jane Yeah, Blaine? yeah. Oh that is, I swear to you, that is the, the exact lines. Oh, dear. And, and I'm just like, you know, you can't, you're, you're laying so much cable here, lady. And she's been told this before. It's like your dialogue is like really stiff and really formal. You know, people are trying to be diplomatic going, it's stiff and it's formal. What, what we're really trying to say is you're laying a lot of cable and you need. And she's sitting there getting prickly. And I'm like, well, if you're going to get prickly, then don't suck, man. Hmm. <laughs> Don't fucking suck. You've been told before. So there's her and she's first. And I'm trying to be like diplomatic and she just got the fucking ass torn out of her, man. Well, deservedly from the, the sound of fu- it. Yeah, I know it's deserved. But then at one point I did look at her to make sure she wasn't crying. Ouch. Yeah, I did. Cause she had, you know, when people sitting next to you have that bearing, like they're crying. I did like whip my head round to make sure that she wasn't crying. And that's how bad, you know, oh, like, dear. I don't want to make you cry. I mean, she seems like a decent, you know, she's not a bad person. She's not horrible. It's just, you know, go find something else to do. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Dookie. Mm. Then we come to the part where there has to be some decision made about whether we're going to critique Babs's piece. And, and it's a, for a whole host of boring reasons. Why are we debating this? It doesn't matter, but we were. Right? Now, people need to be reminded that her and Trenton are friends. Yes. Yeah, you remember? Yes. I do remember. And, and she seems to have some feelings for him. 
that maybe are beyond friendship. And it's possible that the, the feeling goes both ways. Am I correct in remembering this? Maybe she enjoys yeah. his hard knocks. Education. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, yeah. And, and, you know, she so she I know for a fact that she has a husband and she has children. And then she also seems to have some sort of a, a, a thing maybe going on with him. I don't care. It's just keep it out of my fucking face. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the writing group, once it starts to infiltrate writing group, then you're making it my business. And then I have an opinion on that. Okay. So she's the one who always walks in and the first thing that she says is, is Trenton here, except she calls him T, mm. which just hackles. My hackles are on the roof. Okay. So he's there. I haven't seen him since that one time. Mm. And we're debating about whether we're going to critique her piece. And so Trenton pipes up. Well, we can do her piece really quickly because let's face it, all we're going to do is say how brilliant it is. Ooh, that's really crawly and creepy. Could you just excuse me for a moment while I barf up my fucking pancreas, Mm. okay? Because she is talented. I've said that before. I'm not going to lie. But... This particular chapter that she handed around, I had some criticism about. Yeah, okay, she's letting standards slip. So, you know, there's something to say here. Uh, So he says, why even, you know, we don't need to take long over hers because we're all going to say it's brilliant. I start giving him the finger under the table because I'm just so like, you're such a dick, right? Mm. So we decide to critique her piece, okay? Why is it that you might not have we were limited for time and it was a like how do we want to use our time do we want to do hers or or fred's oh fred submitted another piece yeah but that we we have to wait until next time because we didn't get to his so it's akin to drawing the short straw Kinda. but you put it to the vote yeah so okay. and and it was like because people because i think fred wanted to party okay so and he also had to go look after his mother's cat that night. So. Was he still wearing his leathers? Yeah. And he joking. showed us his padding. <laughs> wait, wait. Rewind. Yeah, sorry. I should have mentioned. So during the whole of this yeah. end of turn uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. white club. Yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah. his helmet hair. Yeah. Making his resemblance to Boris Johnson that much more pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He no was yeah. rocking the leathers. He showed us how they were all padded and stuff. Yeah. I was there in riding club with wearing on my leather. Wearing my leather. And then it's 3 a.m. I'm on the corner wearing my leather. This dude comes up and he's like, hey, punk. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so... We get to Babs's piece, okay? And there is a passage in her chapter that is so derivative of a well-known book that I thought if I was the author of this well-known book, I'd be suing her for plagiarism. Seriously. There's a passage I was like, oh my God, she's going to get sued, okay? So, I decide to delicately raise this issue, okay? Ouch. And I said to her, the passage in this book is really, really put me in mind of this other book because 
the the situation's totally the same and the characters totally the same to the point where the both the characters in both even look alike down to the fact that they have red hair which is the their defining characteristic. Mm. So I said to her, for me, it might even just be, I know it sounds stupid, but you might just want to change your hair color at the very least because you need to change. Trenton pipes up and tears off my head and pisses down my neck. He goes, yeah, I don't really think that that matters. Oh, dear. And, you know, and I was like looking at her and she was pretty good about it. She was like, you know, she takes it in her stride. She knows that she's talented. I mean, she can deal with the criticism. You have mentioned in previous episodes that she is a good writer. Yeah, yeah, she's a good writer. If derivative. I don't like her, but she's a good writer and, and she takes criticism really well because she knows that she's good. So hmm. she doesn't have to be defensive. So she was sitting there going, oh, yeah, I see your point. And... He goes, oh, well, I don't think that matters. I don't think you need, I don't think making her blonde is going to make any difference. And I went, uh, no, it does make a difference to me because I said in, in the Victorian era, which she's writing him, you know, people, the, 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 it's a really cheap get out to make the prostitute red haired because it's a, it's a cheap and easy way of making that prostitute stand out from all the rest. And it's too easy. So I said, I'm really sorry to be like a dog with a bone here, but, and I said just that, right? He jumps down my fucking neck again. And I started to lean back, like to say, like, I'm going to choose my battles and I'm just going to give up. And then I thought, no, fuck you. You know, that's what I thought. Fuck you in that really aggressive tone. Mm. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. So I said, um, excuse me, I'm really sorry to be a bore here but and bore on. But can I just say, and I thought I'd go for a little flattery, right? Because I thought he qu- clearly wants to get in her knickers. So I thought the only way that he's going to let this go is if I kind of do the old switcheroo and kind of couch what I was saying in, in a compliment. Right. Mm. So I said to her, I just think you're too talented to go for those type of Victorian writing cliches. OK, which is, you know, I meant I sounds I, like I'm a not valid lying. comment I, that shut him up. OK, shut shut him the fuck up. And I'm like, what is your fucking problem, man? Mm. I think the problem is he wants to get in her knickknacks and he won't even have anything. And I'm like, well, what do we I'm. If we're, what are we going to do? Just sit around and tell her she's brilliant? And, I, and, I, and a lot of people had other criticisms, too. And I was like, see, we weren't just going to say how brilliant it was because, you know, this particular chapter isn't. That's why it's the first draft. That's why she's workshopping it. Here, here. It's the reason why you are all participating in Right Club. With the exception of Bitchface, yeah. who just needs validation that she's brilliant. Yeah. Because after all, she's been published in her home country. Yeah. Well, you know, last time I said, when we were talking about her, I said, you know, she was being pretty nice to me. So I was like having to, you know, feel guilty and revise my opinion of her. This time, yeah, we're back to where we were. The worm has turned and she then turned showed again. Up when we were all standing outside his, his apartment. She, you know, she, she just comes along joins the group and doesn't even say hello and i said oh hiya and she kind of went looked at me and went eh. oh dear and like what so, yeah so yeah so there you go we got to my piece mm. jesus christ dookie just call me dookie my i first don't name really is... know how this went because marcia only gave me a 
flavor. Do you know Dookie? Well, I have a rough idea on account of the mood when we were having our pre-recording chat. Obviously, this didn't go well because we know that when Van Gogh was being shown on the fucking ceiling, that you were not in a good way. I'm not saying that it was bad. It wasn't any worse than anybody else's. It certainly wasn't as bad as the first time I got critiqued where, you know, he... He'd had a, a bad shrimp curry and a bad something. Mm. What did I say? And then he bent over and let fly. And he, he took down with his a pants. Big diarrhea shit. And he took a big diarrhea shit all yeah. over my chapter. Yes. So it wasn't that. It was just, uh, you know, everybody had different criticisms, which is fine. And then we get to Trenton. And can I just tell you what he said about mine? Please. He said, I haven't read it, but... Wait, why has he got an opinion when he's not read your piece? I haven't read it, but... but. Well, he is For butt, butt face. face, okay? And I'm looking at him like, well, you haven't read it, so why don't you just sit there and shut your fucking hole, okay? You haven't read it? Oh, dear. You're going to critique me fine, but at least read it. Mm. My mother's like that. She has opinions about all kinds of things that she's never seen or read. So she'll go, so I'll say, oh, I went to see that movie. And she'll say, oh, that was a terrible movie. And I'll say, oh, have you seen it? And she'll say, well, no. And I'll be like, well, how do you know? And she'll say, well, because I've just, I just, you know, read a review. At least your mum may have come across a trailer or two. This is true. From said film. That is very true. Whereas Trenton, or T, if you will, he would not have been exposed to anything. All that he knows is that there's a title. He yeah. has a printed copy or a version on his tablet or laptop. And some of the criticism that he'd heard, which was mostly a lot of nuts and bolts stuff. Like your point of view switches here. Uh, your character couldn't possibly know that. Uh, you need some more references around for to put us in the time period. Yada, yada. So it's kind of nuts and bolts type stuff. It was mm. fun. And, and nobody said anything particularly polite and nobody said anything particularly impolite. So I haven't read it, but from what I'm hearing, I don't understand what this chapter has to do with anything else. Oh, dear. And I looked at him and I did that thing like... Don't give him what they want because what he wants from me is to be defensive or defend myself or whatever. So I thought I'm going to do the complete opposite. So I said, yeah, you don't understand what this chapter has to do with the rest of the novel. I said, well, that makes two of us. Booyah. Booyah. And and got a kind of, I got that very pleasing and satisfying for me look of shock and to the point where he had to kind of, he had a nervous giggle. He hadn't anticipated that kind yeah, of response. Because, yeah, completely blew him out of the fucking water. What a wanker. How dare he comment on something that he's not read. So, in effect, he's looked at the nuts and bolts comments that your yeah. colleagues... Or just actually, sat there and listened to him. Mm, yeah. yeah. He was looking over the comments that your, you know, colleagues... Um, had who actually bothered to read the piece? Yeah, had had put down. So he's doing a review of the review. Yeah, I guess so. Or a review based on reviews. Yeah. Mm. So uh, 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 yeah, and then to say I haven't read it, but I'm like, yeah, well, you're a dick. 
Oh, dear. So I'm flipping him off under the table going, I don't care if you criticize me, but at least read it. At least fucking read it. So, yeah. And what does this have to do with the rest of it? Yeah, because I, I had put my hands up at the beginning going, I don't really know where this novel is going. It doesn't really seem to have a plot, but here you go. And, and then, this, yeah, so I don't, yeah, that makes two of us. I don't know. So, booyah. Yeah, go fuck you. That shut him up. Shut him the fuck up. So what did you want him to do? I wanted him to shut the fuck up. And? And he shut the fuck up. And how did that really make you feel? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, go fucking fuck yourself. Because, you know, you're a dick. But, you know, people, you know, anybody listening, if you don't know, like, and I'm, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. You know, I know you're all intelligent people. I, I just want to give you a little tip if you don't already know. Uh, if somebody's looking for a fight with you, just do whatever they're not expecting. It's really satisfying. Because you might not get the fight that, you know, maybe you want to fight and, you know, fine. But to, to, to make them look sheepish is really a lot more satisfying than besting them in a fight. It to, really is. To quote Bruce Lee. Yeah. Be like water. Yeah. And go with the flow. Yeah. Use the strength of your opponent. Yeah. Against them. Yeah. And that is exactly what you did. I used his assholery mm. against him. Absolutely. You used his dick watery to ram it up his bottom. And he did not know what to do. He didn't know what to do. Ass was met with ass. Ass was met with ass, Dookie. So, then, we have to take a break in between critiques because, I don't know, it's just somehow evolved into taking a break. So, and and, and I thought we were going to do Fred's next, but uh, Babs brings out the cover now. I don't know if you're interested in what I was drinking that night. We haven't discussed lotions and potions and medical support. Sylvia has been quiet. And this is fine because we are, we're playing with time in this episode. Sylvia was instrumental in, in what happened with my uh, beverage consumption that night. Right. And were you strictly fueled by... Beverages, or were there other yeah, no means drugs. of medicinal no, support? No drugs. Right. No, she's put the kibosh on the drugs, which I'm grateful to her for, because it's not often you'll have a dealer that'll look after you. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a dealer. Martha's own personal dealer. And yes, I didn't like her mixing at all. I didn't like it at all. So I'm giving, and plus she still has this cold that she cannot shake. So I'm giving her lots of supplements, lots of phlegm fighting su- supplements. So if you if you if you like, you could say that I'm dealing her cold remedies. Mm, but cold remedies are often abused and sometimes they're manipulated in Not such a way ones. to become something else. No, one of them is just a pineapple derivative. Meth, for instance. No, no, th- none of them are like like they're all one of them is a derivative of pineapple called bromelain. Mm. And it's acidic because if you think of a pineapple, it's very acidic. And so it's good for dissolving phlegm. Ah. So that's one of them. And then another one is another kind of decongestant thing that is uh, you can buy over the counter. 
And it's also coming in for a lot of stick from the Sky Cycling team. Yeah, they're That's using how powerful it. it is. Right. Because that worries saying, me a little bit. So it yeah. must give you a little bit of a kick. It doesn't give you any kick at all, does it, Martha? No, no, it doesn't give you any kick. It's just like, it's like a hardcore decongestant. Right. You know what, Dookie, they also use it. It's also a liver cleanser. And even though you can buy it over the counter, they also use it in hospitals. So if someone has OD'd, you know, you don't want to ruin their liver. Mm. So you give them this. And because that's how good for your liver is, that it will clean your liver. Is it in the milk thistle family? No, it's a, it's an amino acid. Right. So it's one of, you know, like what makes up protein. So it's not only a hardcore de- decongestant, which is why the Sky team are coming in for some stick for using it as if to say like it's going to give you some advantage. But it's also a hardcore liver cleanser. So I'm giving her that as well. And talking of liver cleansing, what beverage were you well, ingesting? Yeah. Prior so, and during this. So only phlegm fighting drugs from my dealer here. And I decided that morning that I didn't want vodka that night. I decided because it wasn't giving me enough of a buzz because my liver must still be clogged up from years of burgers mm. and pizza and other things. Chinese uh, and Indian uh, and cake. Um, so I decided that I didn't want vodka. I wanted, I needed something a little hardcore because I'm in the hot seat tonight. So wine tends to really fuck me up really quickly. Okay. It gives you the buzz that you need quickly. Really quickly. Mm. Yeah. To the point where I have to be extra careful with wine because it could be, I go from flipping, uh, butt face off under the table to showing him my actual Okay, and nobody needs to see it. So, Prosecco. Prosecco. Uh, Our local store sells it in tiny individual bottles, right? Mm. So I got two of them. And then I'm in the store and I'm thinking, now I got myself a problem here because I can't put this in my water bottle because my water bottle is clear. And anybody looking at my water bottle would see a fizzy urine colored liquid Mm. and i look like i've got a fizzy sample with me Mm. and they're gonna they're gonna figure it out right so i thought what am i gonna do so i thought i'll get myself a a beverage bottle right like a coke bottle Mm. so i got myself coke bottle and thinking that it's got a black label on it but I got it home and I was like, shit, the, the label doesn't cover the whole bottle. You can see once I drank the Coke, you can see through the bottle. A very dark brown liquid with a you black label. I mean. Coke you, Zero. You anyway. like your Coke, right? I Not have... beverage. Mm. Yeah. So Sylvia saved my ass. I, I, well, yes, I decided that a Sprite bottle would be the thing. Of course it's green. Because it's green. Mm. So you can't see in it. It's all over green. So I went out and I bought her a bottle of Sprite. Dumped the Sprite down the sink because neither of us wanted to drink the actual Sprite. And put in her two mini bottles of Prosecco. Lemonade to the rescue. Yeah, why do you, you people call that lemonade? Yes. Yeah. What do you call actual lemonade? Uh, Lemon squash. Okay. Uh, 
so that's what I had on me. And, and on the way there, I was having to be like, now be careful, Marsha. Be really fucking careful. Big bubbles, big troubles. Big bubbles, big troubles. Because I have seen myself into some pretty sticky situations on wine. When it comes to spirits, you've got quite the tolerance rate, to be uh, fair. Yeah, my, my tolerance for spirits is really high. But for wine, it's like I'm like a I'm like a 16 year old girl who's never had it before, and it and it gets me into a situation, gets me into a situation, Dookie. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be driving, I could firstly make a total tit of myself, and then be driving the porcelain bus in a big big hurry. Ouch! So I have to be careful, and I'm being careful. I'm sipping, and then um, uh, Babs brings out the cava. And she's like, "Do you want some kava?" And I'm all, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm already a little tiddly do, and uh, but yeah, hit me. So in terms of uh, beverages, you've moved from Italy to Spain, prosecco to kava. Oh really? Hmm. Oh, see, I don't know shit like that. So you consumed two mini prosecco bottles. Yeah. And now you are in the middle of a break, and you're being served kava. And then Babs disappears, and Trenton disappears, and Fred disappears, and Freud disappears. So that leaves me with Jane Plain, Bitchface, Sean Young, and Lisa Lope. Mm. Okay? None of whom are saying anything. Now, this is where I tried to have a kind of a conversation about... New York with Sean Young. Like, where does your boyfriend live? And, oh, that sounds nice. She's not, like, I'm lobbing him in again, Dookie, and nothing's coming back to me. There's nothing. I'm running out of tennis balls here, people. McDonald's serves. And then, yeah, and then what? Uh, Sean Young doesn't serve back. She doesn't even raise a racket. Bitch face. No, oh, God, nothing. I mean, she's not even saying anything. You're... Basically getting echoes from your conversation earlier. Yeah. Where you're trying to engage with them. Yeah. And you're met with complete and utter silence. Lisa Loeb sitting there saying nothing. Jane Plain sitting next to me saying nothing. And I, I'm like, I'm out of tennis balls here, people. I'm out. And I start smelling cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. And what goes together beautifully with Alcohol. the combination of Prosecco and yeah. Carver. Yeah. Now, kids, don't smoke. It's bad for you. You might have heard, but I smoke, so I'm sorry. Smoking! I apologize, and I I tend to only do so socially, and I like to do it when I'm drinking. Fred walks back in the room, and I said, do I smell smoke? And he went, yeah, there's smoke into the kitchen. And I went, I'm out of here. I'm fucking out of here, man. I grab my cigarettes, go in the kitchen. I'm leaving these women to, I don't know, you want to sit there in silence? So sit there in silence. And they're, I presume that they're just anchored to their smartphones. Who? These, the, the women, bitch face, short no, young. No, they weren't actually. They weren't, I mean, they've done that before, but this time they were just like staring at the table. Uh, right. I kid you not, I'm not, no hyperbole, they are saying nothing. And this is pre the Van Gogh yeah, dog. Yeah, pre, pre. So they're just pre. staring. Yeah. At nothing. At, at the their wall. hands. They're like like chewing on their hangnails. Oh dear. So I go it. You know Fred has a wine cellar. A wine cellar. He's got a he wine cellar. He has a selection cellar. of wine. How many bottles do you reckon? Well, guess. 
I thought to myself, when because ten, fifteen. Yes. Well, I thought to myself because he's a bachelor and he's you know mid thirties and he lives on his own. So and but the way Marcia has described his his apartment is that it's not huge. So I thought, you know, yeah, six bottles. Mm. Wine cellar denotes uh, an actual like, proper collection, but he's in a flat number one. Yeah. It's not the biggest flat on the planet. No, it's a, it's a nice place. I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong, but it, it's not huge. And it, and his kitchen is, is pretty small. So 15 bottles. Yeah, try 50. Blimey. So yeah. he really is a, an aficionado. He's got one of those wine racks that fits like 50 bottles and it's like full. So Trenton's smoking out the window. Oh, dear. And by way of conversation, I said, oh, he's, he's got a wine cellar. And he went, yeah, yeah, well, you should see his refrigerator. It's like totally bachelor. So I opened up Fred's fridge. It's kind of rude, but I did. And he has jam, cheese, and wine. Hmm. Kind of bachelory. Uh, yes, very. Right? Hmm. Babs clears off. So I said, oh, you guys are smoking. Can I join you? And they're like, you know, what are you going to say? You're not going to say no. Dookie, I'm thinking back to it now, and I'm thinking, how much of an asshole is this guy? But I want to smoke with him, so what kind of asshole does that make me? Perhaps you were contemplating the possible reality that when he's under the spotlight in Right Club... That's pretty perceptive. ...that you're seeing the worst side to his personality. Yeah. Maybe he's overly competitive. Yeah. Maybe he really enjoys the sound of his own voice. Yeah. Maybe he's overly loyal yeah. to a fault with Babs. And behind all of that is a decent person. I did think, yeah, maybe on his own, maybe he's okay. And I thought maybe Babs, maybe the two of them together are okay. And Freud was kind of hanging around, but then he left. So it seems like wherever I go, people don't want to talk to me. Mm. So, uh, and I couldn't stand sitting with the uncomfortable silence anymore. And at the same time, I still thought maybe we're going to do Fred. So I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to be rude and say, I'm leaving. Mm. So I didn't really know what was going on. So I end up with Trenton smoking out a window. Hmm. This guy's an asshole. Tell me more. Uh, You know, Babs runs this story reading night Mm. where you get actors to read your stories. Yes. And he was telling me about that. And he said, you should, uh, you know, submit some. I said, oh, maybe I'll just go along one night. And he went, uh, yeah, I don't know that you want to go along. He said, I only go on the nights when they're reading my stuff because I'm a narcissist and I can't be bothered to go along unless it's something to do with me. A self-aware asshole. Those were his words. Oh, dear. And I'm like, you're a dick. Is that like when you're you're playing and you've got like a, a lot of uh, bands on mm-hmm. and you, you stand and watch them, right? Mm. And then they clear off and they leave. Isn't that the same thing where that's just kind of not done? Like, that's just rude. It's very rude. It's sadly done a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. But it is rude. And um, in terms of uh, the creative world where one can network, one can also be inspired by the work of others. Exactly. And it gives... Uh, a basis for being able to bond with people. For yeah. instance, if another writer was there and you saw their work depicted beautifully, you could chat with them. It makes the world a, a much more rosy and exciting place. Yeah. This chap 
T. Yeah. Trenton is a cock. Well, and plus, you know, Babs runs this night. It's her night. So, and it's like, well, you you clearly want to climb into her panties. If he hasn't done so already. And yeah, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't really care. But, uh, yeah, wouldn't you think, yeah, like, that's really no way to advertise your friend's your friend's night right is to say mm. don't go along unless basically he told me don't go along unless your thing is being read that's how mm. you're advertising your friend's night uh, go fuck yourself go fuck yourself go fuck yourself <laughs> so then he was telling me about how he went to boarding school and no i thought he went to the school of hard knocks well exactly see i had forgotten about that until mm. you remind me and, he, yeah, he pretty much confessed that it kind of fucked him up. So he has tough guilt and a tough legacy. Yeah, and he's also writing a novel from the point of view of Prince Harry. So then we started talking about the royals, which mm. I don't have any interest in at all. Quite, but Quite rare for an American, really? Yeah, no, uh, it's just, you know, I don't have anything against him, but I don't have anything for him either. So, and, and then he started telling me about, you know, Princess Di and how many affairs she was having. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I don't care. And then it, he, yeah, he didn't have any interest in, in me. And I was like, you know, the conversation kind of kept falling down a little bit. And I'm like, well, you know, again, I'm running out of tennis balls to lob to you. Maybe you want to lob one back in my direction. And no. He hasn't grasped the concept of follow-up questions. No. And then, you know, I'm trying to do that thing where, you know, that empathy thing, and he's not having it. So he tells me where he lives, and I go, oh, nice, because it's kind of a nice part of London. It's a part of London that I like. You know, it's not known for being posh or anything. It's just it's a part of London that I like. It's in London. It's going to be... Yeah. Nice, but where, where about? Spill the beans. What part of London? He lives in Kentish Town. Camden Town. That's in the, in the London Borough of Camden. That's a lovely part of the world. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I, I, I like it there. So, mm. uh, and I said to him, "Oh, nice." And he went, "Well, yeah, not really." And I, and then we started talking about hipsters moving into the area, and I said, "Well, it's not that hipster when property prices are like two million. And he went, "Yeah, they're not." You know, and every what I'm trying to get at is everything I'm saying, he's got some really combative response to. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm having to stare right at his butt face the mm. whole time. And then Babs keeps wandering in. And I offer her a cigarette. And she, so first she's like, I'm going to have a cigarette. So I offer her one. And she goes, no, I'll have one of mine. And then she leaves. So she doesn't have one. Right. So we get through another cigarette and some more awkward talk. She comes in again and just kind of looks at us. And I thought to myself, oh, I know what's happening. You know what's happening? She's jealous. She thinks that Martha is making the moves on Mr. Trenton. As we yeah. all know, you're not in the penis business. But even if you were, it wouldn't be Mr. T. I would rather... Stay at home <clears throat> listening to music that I fucking hate. I pity the fool. 
I'd rather be stuck in an elevator with a fascist dictator for a month, mm. listening to elevator music for a month, than go anywhere near buttface, because the guy has no redeeming features. He does seem to be quite disagreeable. I like to think of myself as an asshole aficionado. Mm, we've heard and of wine Dookie, aficionados. Yes. And Dookie, I think that you and I are quite similar with this. I agree. We're very amused by an asshole. Yes. Which is partly maybe why this this whole Right Said Fred thing came about, because we were so interested in Martha's stories about these assholes. The theatre of assholery. It's a th- yes, it really is a theatre of assholery. I mean, these people, and it's just like the more assholey they are, the more we love them. True. Except that this guy seems like he's kind of going beyond. He's certainly taken assholery to a new level. Like he's not even interesting enough to be entertaining with it. You know, like some people are such assholes that it's funny or that it's amusing or it's just, you know. But he doesn't even sound like that. The genius of the character David Brent in in the office and regardless yeah. of of what you think about Ricky Gervais's career beyond the office yeah 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 but the genius behind it is the fact that you occasionally root for David Brent that's what i mean you you have these moments where yes. you feel sorry for him and that you you, yeah. you you want to put your your head in your hands and say oh please shut up please you are not yes. this bad of a person yes if you will a hidden endearing quality. Yes. And Marsha, when she went in to have a chat with Mr. T, Trenton, mm. and to share a fag with him, I think you really were hoping at the worst level, worst case scenario, mm. to have an endearing asshole. Yeah, it's like some something that is entertaining. Yes, I think that's why I like members of the Bloomsbury group so much, because they were assholes. And that was also one facet of their personalities. Mm. So you also got many other fascinating bits of their personality. So the asshole was just one facet. And that's what makes them, for me, so compelling. Yeah, I get that. It's just that, yeah, he's only got one facet. I guess like you're saying, Dookie, I was looking for another facet. Mm. So when Babs keep, I'm like, honey, I got no design. He is yours. If you want to get naked with some butt, a big butt with feet, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Mm. I mean, you're down for that? Do it. I got nothing. Mm. I got nothing. I hear you. And then Freud even comes in the kitchen and kind of looks a bit awkward. Like, you know, what? I'm just having a cigarette with him. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like addressing him. I'm just like having some torturous conversation with him that I'm trying to end. And I think he's trying to end it with me. Right. I don't think anybody there really likes me. And I don't care. It's just like I was saying to Syl the other night, you know, as a student of psychology, I just find it interesting. Because I meet lots of people through my work. I meet lots of complete strangers all year long. Mm. And I tend to get along with them really well. You know, like within within just a few hours, 
you know, we can be having nice chats and it's all good. So I'm just like, what am I doing differently in this group that I seem to be getting up people's assholes? I think you pose an intimidating prospect to yeah, this maybe. gaggle of misfits. Because I thought, well, either they've they've noticed, you know, I know I can be kind of scary. So I, I have factored that in. But I don't think that's the only thing. I also think that sometimes with some of them, I think they've uh, they've worked out that I've got booze in my bottle, and they've they've that yeah, that, it's freaking them out. Or I thought when I showed up, Trenton was so like off with me that I thought, oh shit, he's listening to the podcast. That's how off with he, me he was. Like shit. I feel that's paranoia creeping yeah, maybe, in. Maybe. And narcissism, on my point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think from a drinking standpoint, and Sylvia, you can vouch for this. Okay. The three of us have hung out together. Yes. We have, We've, uh, we have, we have imbibed. Yes. We've also been in situations whereby Sylvia and myself have been reasonably sober, while you, yes. Marsha, have been Mary. on a bit of a buzz. Yes. Mary. Yes. And you've never really ever presented yourself as being anything but friendly loud friendly that's kind of you and you're not uh, a very easy drunk to read you don't get slurry all right all right and yeah yeah you, you don't turn into this no you don't you, know, you don't of, get aggressive like some people do or no. angry or raging. No. You just get a little bit more of yourself, mm. which is loud and a bit jolly. Slightly more gregarious. Yes, you get more gregarious. But you're not offensive and it's you right. don't you don't actually come across as being drunk. Basically you drink until eventually you pass out. I'm so Honestly, if you were allowed drunk, and we all know those kinds of people, where you know they have one drink down them, they might have three drinks down them, and they turn into it's like a Father monster. Ted. Yeah, you know that one there, Father Ted, where he has one sip and he goes feral. Oh, um, Henry Sellers. Henry Sellers, the guy who's uh, the <laughs> television presenter. Yes, and he has based... one sip of whiskey, mm. and he's running around the woods naked, chewing on an animal leg that he somehow managed to procure. <laughs> so he just goes completely feral. Sack me! Yes, sack me! I made the BBC. And then the next morning he goes, "Oh, I have this funny taste of raw meat in my mouth." Yeah. With oh my gosh, did I make a fool of myself? And they all go, "No, no, no! You were perfectly pleasant. You are not that kind of drunk, Marsha." It's like I've known you people for a while now. I've known you people for a longer than I know a lot of my clients, uh, and I can't seem to get any kind of uh, momentum. I can't seem to like you know get a bite. You know how when you're shifting gears and you look for the bite? Mm. Yeah, there's no bite. Okay? And I'm just curious. I'm like, what? So I say to Trenton, well, I think I'm going to go. Okay? And we walk back into the living room. Hey, this is kind of like Pulp Fiction. Mm. So there we are. <laughs> Vince Vega and good. Jules I like this. are in the diner. This has worked out beautifully. And then it turns into, okay, everyone, this is a robbery. Yeah! So, Sean Young's gone. Lisa Loeb, gone. And now that I am leaving, now I know that I did something wrong because I missed you. 
Lisa Loeb may have left early, but she still might miss you. And I'm like, you know, okay, I'm not like little Miss Manners here or anything. It's fine, but see, I'm saying but, and that's annoying. I'm not like little Miss Manners. I'm just thinking the kitchen's only three feet away. Oh, they left without saying goodbye. And I'm like, well, the kitchen actually is like six inches away from the front door. So you couldn't have like just like stuck your head in for a second and go, we'll see you guys later Mm. because it's the end of term. And it's not like they're to worry about last tubes because this is reasonably early in the evening. Yeah, it was only like 10. Yeah. All right, 10.30. So, and I'm thinking, oh, and I'm thinking it's the end of term. So I'm thinking to me, the end of term means it seemed, (laughs) well, yeah, but it seemed a little early in the year for me, but I just thought we're breaking up for the summer, which means we won't be back until like August, which means knowing how these things tend to pan out, it probably means right group will never get back together again. And I, and it's quite possible I'll never see you again. Okay. Mm. So I thought, you know, they would have said, see you guys later. End of year party kind of. Yeah. Vibe. And you know the way these things work out. You know, they fizzle out and, and, and Fred's going to go off and work for an oligarch by the sounds of it. And it's possible we'll never see each other again. Cause, yeah. So I kind of thought, eh, that's a bit weird. You know, they didn't say goodbye. So this is when I look up and I got Simon Sharma on the ceiling. Mm, with no audio. So presumably it's a lot of footage of Simon pointing to a wall. And, yeah, a lot of paintings. And yeah, and then walking and, through a field with well, loads yeah, of sunflowers. I mean, I kind of looked up because I, I don't know about art like Sylv does, but I, I just looked up, you know, we all know sunflowers, right? You know that, mm. right? So I looked up and I said to, to Fred, why do you have a picture of Van Gogh's sunflowers on your ceiling? And he went, oh. And then I saw that it was this documentary. And I was like, what are you doing? And he went, oh, I thought that I put this on for some ambiance. And and I was like, well, where is it being projected from? And he's got a pro- projector across the other side of the room. And Bab says to me, oh, you should lie on that beanbag and have a look up because it's a really great experience. And I was like, yeah, I've, I'm good. Uh, if I want a good experience, it's not going to be lying on a beanbag in Fred's apartment watching an art documentary. No. You know. It's hardly a helicopter ride over London, right? The the whole setup of using footage to create an atmosphere. Yeah. Ambiance. I've been to parties where they've done that before to very good It can be really, really effective. I think one time they showed um, Silent, but they had it on Mm. uh, with Nail and I. That'd be really, really, really good. Yes, which was really good because it's it's because so many people. I know Martha doesn't because she's American and she hasn't been here long enough to know. Um, but so many people in this country know that movie that it's just like you don't hardly even need the dialogue because people will just mouth along with it easily. It's like Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, people are just will just you don't even need to hear the sound, right? So that worked really well. And old silent films, yes. Buster Keaton, yes. Charlie Chaplin, work really well in in that context as well. Simon Sharma. That's that's definitely a first. I checked out one of his books from the library last year mm. because I thought I really wanted to because I do like his documentaries a lot. Um, 
this book was so dense and so over my head that I got quarter of the way through and nearly cried. I even put it up on my Facebook saying, has anybody read this? Because th this is like making my eyes water with the sheer dense intensity of it. And funnily enough, it was actually f um, uh, one of my friends who got back to me who said, yes, I have tried to read this and I couldn't read it either. So mm -hmm. that's how difficult and intense this particular art historian is. Don't tell me how it fucking ends. I well, think he also knows, I think he was also on television when um, the last American presidential election was on because he talks a lot about politics. And he, you know, he's just the right intensity for that kind of thing. Oh, really? They got a Brit on talking about the president? Yes. It, well, he he's an American citizen now, but he's just so intense. So this is what this guy has on at a party. That's a first. So Trenton sits down. Fred's sitting down at the table. Babs is lying down on a beanbag. Bitch face is sitting there looking miserable. Right? Mm. And I say, I'm going to go. Okay? To quote Cartman, screw you guys, I'm going home. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Screw you guys, I'm going home. That's very that good. That is pretty good. That's, Cartman is in the house. Uh, or about to leave the house. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm probably never going to see you motherfuckers again. Probably not. The way these things work out. Right? And I start putting my coat on and Babs gets up and she goes, which way are you going? Now, cue heart attack. Okay? Because one of my biggest fears is having to walk back to the station with any of these people. Social awkwardness en route you to know, the tube station. I can't even talk to these people. You won't even talk to me. The station's like a 12-minute walk away. And then, and then you have to get on the tube with them. And God knows where they're going. They could be coming halfway back home, you know, in the same direction as me. So I'm like, cue heart attack. So I tell her I'm going to the station. And she goes, I'll come with you. And she starts putting her coat on. And in my head, I'm going, fuck, 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 Right? Cunting, fuck, 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 fuck. What am I going to do? It looks like I'm walking to the station with Babs. Fuck, 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 mm. fuck, fuck. She gets her coat halfway on and she looks at me. And bitch face goes, looks like this party's breaking up pretty early. And bitch face looks at me again. And I'm going, fuck, 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 fuck. And she goes, never mind, I guess I'll stay. Mm. And she takes her coat off. She sits back down. And I'm like, ah. I think you just got it in your head that you didn't want to walk back to the station with me any more than I want to walk back to the station with you. Because if we get onto the topic of apostrophes, there's going to be a fucking fight. Right? There's going to be a fucking bitch fight. Inevitable. You, like the one in your, your double down saloon. It's going to be mm. like that. Mm. But over an apostrophe and not over like a guy or whatever. Right? And probably a lot fewer tattoos. Okay? She sits down. And I in my head goes there is a god okay so i say to fred thinking this is the end my friend right? the end as irene sang yeah. in her very jim morrison type of delivery yeah thinking fuck you i'm out of here say when are we meeting again mm. are we meeting again are we meeting again yeah. It's been emotional. Yeah, Marsha. 
is what he says, looking at me like, how stupid of a question. Two weeks from tonight. All of this for a two-week break? Two weeks! You had longer breaks in the past. You had a couple of weeks off in February, if memory serves. Two weeks. Then why is it end of term? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. My heart sinks. And I'm like, ah, man, two weeks. So the big question is. Yeah. Marsha. Yeah. In two weeks time. Yeah. Also known as a fortnight. Yeah. Will you be returning? Uh, Jesus Christ, Dookie. You know what, what you can do with that question? You can go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Well, that is indeed your lot. Simon Sharma, Sunflowers, and the Theatre of Arseholdery. That's quite a diet. You've been listening to Right Said Fred, Part 6. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. Until next time, and it's quite likely from Marsha's final comment that there will be a next time, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and... uh, Pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Facebook. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. To find it will not take an age. Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash the dookie radio show the dookie radio show the dookie radio show what it ain't the end